Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Shorter show today up until 6.10. Then we've got Red Sox baseball. Sox looking to salvage a game here against the Toronto Blue Jays. And joining us now is our Red Sox insider over at Nesson, Tom Karen, TC. How are you? Doing well, Brady. How you doing? Excellent. Uh, before we get to the team itself, let's start with the Jimmy Fund. Nesson and WEI have been having the telethon, telethon the last couple of days. It's been widely successful. At last check last night, I knew it was over $3 million. I'm sure it has ballooned well more than that in the last 24 hours. Uh, kind of what have the last two days been like for you? What's it like every year for you around this time? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the day after uh, the the two-day telethon is always a little bit of a, uh, you're in a fog because it's just, uh, it's an incredible couple of days that everybody at Nesson and WEI comes together on long days for a lot of people. You know, I I started at noon uh, doing uh, coverage yesterday on air and and we wrapped it up uh, at midnight or so, a little after midnight. I did that two days in a row, so... Uh, and, and you're just overwhelmed by the stories and the spirit of the thing. Um, you know, I said last night, we could come on and ask people for money. Uh, but what really moves the needle is is the people coming on who are dealing with, uh, you know, whether they're their own personal cancer fight or a family that's that's dealing with a, a two or three or four year old child who's been diagnosed with cancer, which is just unfathomable. Uh, and, and they come on every year. Uh, some of them come back year after year families of, of some children we've lost over the 20 years come back. And I, you can only imagine how painful that is, but they all do it because they understand the money is what's changing the game. Um, I've been involved in all of these. So we've been doing it for 20 years. I've done more of them than anybody, I guess now at this point. And, you know, the stuff we're talking about now would have been science fiction 20 years ago when we began this we're talking about isolating mutated genes and being able to see if your children have that same mutation and and will be predisposed. I mean, they're starting to talk now about there may be ultimately genetic screening uh, in the not too distant future that we'll all be able to get just to see if we are predisposed to any specific cancers. And then you can start preventing cancers rather than just treating them. So uh, it's an incredible thing. Uh, Over three and a half million last I checked, though I haven't seen the the final updated numbers. I think that we're close to $65 million raised in the 20 years of this thing. Um, so it's really incredible. And, and again, you know, on, on a night when the Red Sox didn't play very well for a couple of games, uh, it, it is a reminder that the platform and the willingness of these players uh, to be a part of this, uh, it, that's what makes it all work. Because if, if the Red Sox weren't banging the drum and weren't getting their fans involved, uh, we wouldn't raise that kind of money. You know, Buster only we had on yesterday, and he's been around the Red Sox a couple of weekends in a row between Sunday Night Baseball at the Yankees a couple of weeks ago and then at the Little League Classic. And he said the attitude around the team, he feels they're kind of resigned to what's happening on the field this year and kind of the fate of this season. And obviously we're at two very different extremes, but between the Little League Classic and the Jimmy Fund and how the players have rallied behind that, I got to imagine it's been nice to, to see kind of a different energy around the team. Yeah, you know, I asked Santa Bogart said yesterday, and and he was very upfront with uh, the the fact that they kind of needed something like that. They really needed uh, to you know to get out of the grind, to get their heads uh, up, and you know he's in Williamsport for him especially because you know he'd come within one win away of going to the Little League World Series as a player twice. Uh, beaten by those big Curacao teams uh, both times, and and so you know for him to 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 hear a young kid say you're my favorite player, 
and and he was talking about being a kid meeting Andrew Jones, uh, who played for those Curacao oh. teams, and 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 you know how he will never forget Andrew Jones taking some time to talk to him, and and you know I was talking to him while he was talking to some patients yesterday, some kids there for the Jimmy Fund. He goes, you know, and he said it with complete humility. He said, these kids will remember this for the rest of their lives. How do you not go spend a little time? And, and you know, he's banged up now. He had the back spasms on Tuesday, couldn't play last night. He said it'll only be a day or two. But, it, you know, there's a lot of baseball left. There's 38 games. It's half a, a hockey season, half a basketball season. And we say, well, the season's almost over. But these guys got to go out there and do this uh, another three dozen times. Uh, and, and, you know, Buster's right. I Resign's a good word, I, I, but I think the resignation isn't that they're a bad team. It's that they just don't have the horses. You know, you, you've had you got Cutter Crawford going tonight after Brian Bayo last night, after Josh Winkowski the night before. Uh, you had Bobby Dahlbeck playing shortstop for the first time as a starter in his major league career last night with with Franchi Cordero at first base. Uh, it, it's not how you drew any of this up, uh, and injuries are part of it. Uh, but but you know lack of depth is part of it. You know they uh, they they didn't do enough. We now know uh, this off season to to prop this up and and to try to build on uh, an incredible run uh, within two games of a World Series last year. Uh, and so this is where they are. You know the injuries have mounted and and the lack of depth has become prevalent and 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 obvious. And and, and you know there's seven games out with six weeks left. We're talking with Tom Karen, our Red Sox insider at Nesson here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I am at the point of the season where it's all about paying attention to things that are going to affect you in the future. So I don't care as much how Kike Hernandez plays for the last six weeks right now. I, I don't care as much how Rich Hill pitches for the last six weeks. I do care about how Cutter Crawford and Brian Bayo pitch. And Bayo pitched well yesterday, his best start. Do you think that these guys are part of the rotation next year with Pavetta and hopefully Sale, or are we looking at looking to need to sign four starters or something in the offseason? No, I did not four. Uh, I would because, yeah, we just talked about depth, and I would certainly like to see them uh, add to that depth. But, I, you know, one of the interesting idea uh, questions here is where James Paxton's going to fit into this. They really thought. You know, I thought they'd get to see him here before the end of the year, so at least you'd have a little bit of a a baseline to work on. They've got a two-year option, thirteen million a year, so twenty-six million dollars they have to commit to. And I assume they want to bring him back. Uh, you didn't pay him; you know, they paid him essentially ten million this year, six million plus. He's got four million uh, as a player option if he if he walks. Uh, so I. I you know, so if he's back, and you're assuming now that Sale and Paxton are back at the top, right? And then Pavetta, uh, and then I think Bayo is a starter on this team next year. I think Cutter Crawford's a starter on this team next year, but I, I don't think that five is enough. I, I think you got to try to bring Michael Walker back <clears throat> when healthy. He was their best pitcher this year, and he's been healthy most of the year. It was really that one stint. So I, but what will he make? You know, it was a good one-year deal this year. I assume he's going to sign himself a, a, a nice, bigger deal this year. But, you know, we, we know they like those kind of signings. Garrett Richards last year, Rich Hill, Michael Walker this year. They haven't all hit, uh, but certainly Walker did. So that's kind of a middle-of-the-rotation type guy, and I think, you know, you need to get somebody like that. But I, I don't think you're that far away in the starting rotation. I, I It's the bullpen you're going to have to spend some money on. I'd like to see them go get a closer – and then you'll have Whitlock and Hauk 
Uh, I, you know, you got to love what you've seen from John Schreiber. Uh, you'll have uh, uh, Strom back as a lefty, but but you need a couple of arms to really complement that group. Can you pay Whitlock forty million dollars to be a setup guy? Like, can I mean, all along I thought he was going to be a starter next year because yeah. he's making starter money. If he's not a starter, then I feel like he's making elite closer money. Can he really be an eighth inning guy at forty million dollars? Yeah, I don't know that he'll be an eighth inning guy. I, you know, there's a new we're in a new world of baseball. It's almost a hybrid. You know, where, where you're going to use him to piggyback on a four or five inning starter guy. Uh, I think eventually he will be a starter. I'm not 100 percent sure it will be next year, just because of the setbacks and the injuries this year. I still think you got to be a little careful with the guy. Uh, I also think the makeup of the bullpen will dictate that. In part, they needed him in the bullpen this year because the bullpen was a mess without him. Uh, and, and so to your point, you're spending that kind of money for a reliever. Well, if you put him in the rotation, you're going to spend that kind of money to replace him in the bullpen. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but right now, you know, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, but right now, I, I it'd be tough to come back with with – Cutter Crawford and Brian Bayo and Garrett Whitlock all as uh, part of the five-man rotation because that's a lot of uncertainty there. You know, I, I mentioned this to Buster yesterday, and I'm going to keep banging the drum for it. I've seen the articles. I've listened to the commentary. People think that this franchise is destined for the seller for the next five years or so. Yeah. They're going to have anywhere between 100 and $130 million to spend just next offseason. The schedule gets easier in that you, you're playing 52 games against your division instead of 76. I think all of these are reasons for optimism. I think, look, I saw the White Sox be awful and turn it around in one offseason. I've seen the Padres turn it around. Even my Mariners went and saved up all their piggy bank chips for one year here and went got Robbie Ray I, I, it can be done and I think and I expect that the Red Sox will do it I think they can be right back in the thick of things next year yeah I can't imagine that they don't react to this year and and they, they basically always have right whether it's 2012 when they shipped everybody off to LA and and retooled it with short-term free agents to bridge them to the young guys and they won a World Series or whether it was 2000 uh, what 15. Uh, after that, they wound up uh, bringing in Dombrowski uh, a year later, bringing in Alex Cora, you know, really changing. I mean, this ownership group has shown they won't sit around and wait for a long rebuild. You can make the argument. Now, let's play. And, and it's hard to be optimistic right now, but let's be optimistic for a moment. OK, uh, we were sitting around. Will Millbrooks and I were sitting around sort of mapping out the future. And if you now this is a big if. But if you wanted to just say you're going to build this around Bogart's endeavors, and I talked to Bogart's last night, he didn't sound, you know, when I said they're going to, they say they want to talk to you after the season, is that on the table? And his first words were, well, after the season, anything can happen. That doesn't tell me that, uh, that he's uh, running to the Red Sox front office to begin mm-hmm. his offseason negotiations. But let's say you did it. Let's say whatever it takes. I've given five years and 125 with a sixth year vesting off it. Does that get done? I don't know. But maybe it does. And and then you have to overpay Devers to whatever Devers is going to want. Okay, But if you did that and you had Devers and Bogarts, Story and Hosmer as your infield, you're not bad with, with Cassis behind Hosmer learning the craft and with Arroyo as your utility guy. Uh, if you do that, I bring back Tommy Pham in left field. I bring back uh, uh, Alex Verdugo in right field. Rob Snyder as my fourth. Now, the question is two positions I didn't get to. I think you need to go get a catcher. And then identify which one of these two is going to be your backup. Probably going to be McGuire. He's been hitting real well and he's controllable for a while. And then you got to make the tough decision. Is Jaron Duran your center fielder? I don't think he is. 
If that's the case, you're going to have to go get a center fielder. But you've got the money to do that, as you said. So you get a center fielder, you get a catcher, then you go get one middle of the, uh, the rotation starter, a closer, and one more reliever. You can do all of that for $80, $90 million and get yourself a little bit of money to do something at the trade deadline. If you do all that health permitting, I think you're back in this next year. The easier schedule, uh, as you pointed out, um, I, I don't think they're that far away. But if you don't bring back Bogarts, then you're opening up the door to losing Devers as well, and then you got to start to wonder where this is going to go. So the next six months will tell you everything. Tom Karen, Red Sox insider over at Nesson TC. We appreciate you. Great work by Nesson and WEI on the Jimmy Fund. Uh, how can we donate? Give us the uh, the links that we can continue to donate. JimmyFund.org at this point is the easiest way. I think they've taken down the phone banks. Operators are no longer standing by, uh, <laughs> but uh, JimmyFund.org is where you can always give, and uh, you can uh, see some of the highlights of all this and, and hear some of the stories. Uh, anybody who hasn't been there, uh, it is uh, an amazing place because one end of the building, they're researching and coming up with uh, cutting-edge treatments. The other end of the building, they're putting those into practice with patients. Uh, it's the greatest place in the world. Uh, for, for cancer research and cancer care, and every penny helps. So jimmyfund.org is the best place to go. TC, enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brady.